Today's sponsor is Audible with an unmatched selection of audiobooks, original audio shows, news, comedy, and more. Get a free audiobook with a 30-day trial at audible.com slash decode. Recode Radio presents Recode Decode, hosted by Kara Swisher, powered by digital media. Hi, I'm Kara Swisher, executive editor of Recode. You may know me as the only person who doesn't sing in the car, but in my spare time, I talk tech, and you're listening to Recode Decode, a podcast about tech and media's key players, big ideas, and how they're changing the world we live in. You can subscribe to Recode Decode at iTunes.com slash Recode Decode, and while you're there, leave us a review. Today in the red chair, I'm in Los Angeles talking to James Corden, the host of The Late Late Show on CBS. Originally a theater and TV actor based in the UK, since March 2015, he has become something of an internet celebrity. I don't know if he'd call himself that, thanks to The Late Late Show's many viral videos. You've probably seen his carpool karaoke videos in which he drives and sings with celebrities ranging from Adele to Lin-Manuel Miranda to Michelle Obama. James, welcome to Recode Decode. Hi. Thanks for coming. Pleasure. Thanks I'm for so me. thrilled to have you. We like having a TV person here every now oh, and then. That? I only talk to geeks and VCs, <laughs> so it's really well, nice to talk to a regular person. Do they know that you call them that? Uh, they do. I do okay, it all the good. time. They like it. It's like good. Stockholm Syndrome in Silicon Valley. Yeah, you right. know what I mean? Yeah. Like I just abuse them well, and it works fun. for all yeah. of us. So we're going to talk tech in a minute, but let's mm-hmm. talk a little bit about you. Um, people don't know as much about your background. You have like a hugely varied background in theater and on the BBC and mm-hmm. TV shows and things like that. So talk about how you got to the Late Late Show, and then we'll talk about sort of the phenomena you've created there. Um, well, it's I mean, I'm an actor first and foremost, mm-hmm. uh, and I worked in the UK and had, had done a few plays and a, a couple of films I've worked with directors like Mike Lee and mm-hmm. Shane Meadows and, and people like that and uh, I'd worked at the National Theatre and, uh, and done a play in New York called The History Boys mm-hmm. which did very well and then I, I wrote a sitcom called Gavin and Stacey for right. the BBC which to everybody's surprise started on a very small digital channel called BBC Three mm-hmm. and ended up on BBC One we started with like 500,000 viewers and when we ended it three seasons later, we had like 14 million, which in the United Kingdom is essentially... Is everybody, yeah. well, It's about one in three, I think. Right, You right. know, so it, it was a, a super hit um, and then I'd done a couple of things that weren't very good and then I wrote another show for the BBC called The Wrong Mans, which was also uh, part financed by Hulu and then I went back to New York to do a play called One Man, Two Governors, right. uh, which is a big slapstick farce. And unbeknown to me, one day a man called Les Moonves, who is the, the CEO of CBS, yeah, came to see that play. And he tells his story much better than I, so it feels a bit indulgent if right. I tell it. But he, he saw the play and went home and, and started sort of, I think, Googling me and said, how, how should we get this guy yeah. on our network? And... Uh, I'd shot a film called Into the Woods and I was writing a new show right. for HBO mm-hmm. and I was going to go back to New York and do a musical called A Funny Thing Happened on the Way to the Forum. Great music. Zero Mustel. That's right. So I was going to play that role on Broadway, which I, I was, of course, very much looking forward to. And CBS had asked if I'd write a show for them and, and I had said no. And and I'd gone to Les and the then president, Nina Tassler, to sort of un, uh, explain why. Mm-hmm. And we got talking about late night and we, I told them how incredible I thought Stephen Colbert's appointment was, um, how swiftly they dealt with it, how I thought it was very classy the way they dealt with it. And, uh, and we started talking about how I felt like the show after it. Craig Ferguson had just said he was going to step down. Mm-hmm. And I said, I, I felt like, unless they find a show that will embrace the internet and reach out its arms to that audience, um, I I wonder what the point of having that show is. Anymore. Well, yes, because there's a talk show from 11.30 till 12.30 and then it should have another talk show from 12.30 till 1.30 and like it's got to reach, it's got to try to find a different audience, um, an audience that perhaps don't watch network television anymore. Not because the content's not right, just because they consume their content in different ways. Had you been a big internet person? I mean, you brought this to me. First of all, had you thought about doing a talk show? Because you'd done, you know, you'd done musical theater, movies with music. I was very reticent to do it, is the truth. Mm -hmm. I I really wasn't sure whether it was the right thing to do. Um, 
But I just sort of came to the conclusion that I'd much rather regret doing something than not doing something. Mm-hmm. But and, and as far as being an internet person, I, I sort of don't see a huge divide right. between... As my, many in Hollywood do. They, I don't they do. see a divide between my phone, my computer screen and my television. Mm-hmm. Like at best, at very best, it's a blurred line, right. you know? Right. And the way I see it is content is content and it's not a good show will be a good show on TV. It will be a good show on your phone. Right. It will be a good show on your laptop. And I don't sort of differentiate between what the platforms got, got that they're you, on. What got you to say that to them? And what was the reaction when you said that? It's got to be something different. Now, now other hosts have been trying the viral videos, Kimmel and well, and, well, yeah, no, and, and, and very successfully. Right. Because the trick is to... and and. What I was saying was nothing really new. It just hadn't really existed on CBS before. Right, right. It's not that I was saying, mm-hmm. it's not that I was reinventing the wheel in any right, way. Right. It was just oh, the internet, on, the kids on that love particular it. Yeah. network. It, um, it was a traditional it talk felt, show. Yeah, it, it felt like that. I mean, David Letterman himself said that he, when he was like retiring, he did lots of interviews and, and he said that his regret was not embracing it at the time. Mm-hmm. He says in hindsight, he realizes that that was something that the 1230, right. the late night with David Letterman would have absolutely, that's what it would have been. Right, it's the exactly. Same, it's and the it same embraced audience. him to an extent. It did grab stuff. 100%. But I mean, he felt like he, didn't he wished he'd have sort of jumped both feet right. in as opposed to just maybe dipping their toes in the water. I so think. when you were conceiving of the show, thinking of it like that, where you see blurred lines, how do you then create, do you deconstruct the show and then reconstruct it? Or do you think of it in pieces? Or what's not, the... Well, it's a tough one, that. Because ultimately, we look at our show as we launch it at 12.30 every night. Mm-hmm. But it's available 24 hours a right. day. So we look at each show as an hour mm-hmm. and we go right well the the his and today's show will be something different to yesterday's show and then we try and think well what will be the moments that people will find and how can we package them and place them in a manner that people will mm-hmm. search them out and share them on their phones you know and it's ultimately at the core of it it has to be good right at the core of it you it doesn't matter how much you brand something how much you package that how much you try and put something in front of people you know the old adage is the same if a film's good the film's good you know it's if a song's good a song's good you You know it's not to a sensation it's not that it's just got to be good and it's got to present because our show is a talk show so very often it will be me and someone else. You've got mm-hmm. to present them in a way that people haven't really seen them before. So how but, do you do that? What do you? How do you think that? And obviously you've done Carpool Karaoke, and we'll mm. talk about that in a second. But how do you imagine to do that? Because talk shows have kind of a strict formula. Well, ours doesn't or it really. Did. They did, right? Yeah, and look, there's you could tune into our show tonight, and there'll be elements of it. That are very, very the same, you know, as mm-hmm. everyone. Because uh, what we always wanted to do was just, just to evolve slightly, like just the very nature of, you know, we would think about our show and we would think, well, we're on after Stephen Colbert's show, and Stephen's going to do politics. Uh, yeah. Politics. He's going to bring guests out one at a time. Mm-hmm. Well, let's bring all our guests out together. Let's mm-hmm. bring them all out at the same time because let's try and create a feeling of sort of dinner party uh, an organic conversation Mm -hmm. let's bring our audience closer his shows in a broadway theater where would you go after a broadway theater you might go to a restaurant Mm -hmm. you might go to a cabaret bar you might go to a jazz club well let's bring our seats closer little small tiffany lamps in between Mm -hmm. reggie watts and his band being just incredible in Mm -hmm. that you know and and we you just try to form it as, as as organically as you can in a way that, that would feel like an organic process. And then it's about thinking, well... What's interesting? And just every guest yeah. thinking, well, what, what can we do? What's a thing we can do that's either stupid, mm-hmm. silly, funny, or interesting, or fun? Mm-hmm. And it's just got to tick one of those five, really, mm-hmm. you know? 
Yeah. So when you're when you're doing this every night, we're going to get to how you evolved into the one that's gotten you very well known yeah. because it's sort of gotten enormous in that way. When you work with your team writers, explain what you do all day, like how you get it together, how you bring it together now, how it's a modern talk show done. I, t- I mean, no day is really the same. Right. But, uh, well, I'll go straight after this and I'll go in and sit with the writers. And, and normally I would be there now mm-hmm. and we'll look at the news and we'll look at what we want to say at mm-hmm. the start of the show. What's a what's an angle on that? What's a funny thing about this? And then... It will become either meetings about today or meetings about tomorrow or maybe meetings about next week. Like at the end of the show, after we wrap the show tonight, me and a few of the crew are going to rehearse something for not next week, the week after. Right, right. So we'll get it to a place that when the guest walks in the door, we're already figured out. We're already, you know, 80% there so that they would never feel like, oh my God, why have I even agreed to do this? This is a disaster, Mm -hmm. you know? Right. And mostly it's just thinking, well, what, it's looking at the list of guests and thinking, well, what can we do? What will be fun? Like we had a singer on last week called Sean Mendes, who's Mm -hmm. incredibly popular, brilliant singer, good sport. And we decided to do a, a bit where he would interrupt the show. (laughs) <laughs> because I play a lot of 90s R&B on the show, uh-huh. somewhat ironically, but also, you know, you can't beat like Montel Jordan's This Is How We Do It. Mm-hmm. No, you and cannot. He, and he turns up and goes, "It's yeah, he turns up and says, well, you're playing all this old music, man. And I'm like, wait, are you challenging me to a better then, better now riff off? And then we'll have a certain, right, it's, right. you know, it's just what can, and I think, I don't know how many people, should we just have a look and see how many people have watched it? Hang on. All right. We never look at our ratings. Right. We just, I'm curious what you look at. Well, you we mean? only look at our YouTube number. That's the only number we look at. Really? Yeah. Why is that? Tell me that. Tell me about that. Well, because it's the only number that's true. Meaning? Well, look, it's the only number that's a true and real number. Right, hang on. I found it. Yeah, three million. Three million yeah. for that, for just right. that, that yeah, you just thought of at the time. So well, no. talk about that YouTube thing, because years ago I interviewed the guy who did Modern Family, mm. the, the creator, who's terrific, he's been in TV yeah, forever, yeah. and he didn't even know his, he didn't know his Hulu numbers, he didn't know his YouTube numbers, and he said one of the only ways he was, and he was trying to push the, the network, uh, which it was one of their huge shows, yeah. it was their huge show, yeah. that he was angry that he got, everything was based on ratings, versus everything else that was important. He's like, I know Hulu's important. I know YouTube's important. I know Twitter's important, but I'm not getting, none of these are getting counted yeah. in the ratings. And so this was a couple of years ago. And so he, we even, we actually got Hulu to give him the numbers finally, even though the network owned part of Hulu. Mm. And so, you know, he was sort of in this ratings thing where he thought it didn't matter anymore. It wasn't going to matter. So you think just YouTube watches matter to you? Well, because it's the only true number in that it's pure. Yeah. Like, our show airs at 12.37 at night. Mm -hmm. Our competition is people choosing to fall asleep. Right. You know? Right. And law and order. Like, it's just, we can't... The internet, YouTube, if it's good, it will travel. Right. People will find it. Mm -hmm. Our show, we are simply at the mercy of a big football game Mm -hmm. or a big primetime drama or the news or our lead-in, that's it. That's Whereas it's a level playing field. With YouTube. YouTube, it's, it's a level playing field. Everybody is at the same, do you know what I mean? Yes, I got it. Starting got block. It. So yeah. for us on our show, the time slot we're in, which like our time slot is not about ratings. It's mm-hmm. about relevance. Right, right, right. Some would argue that all of late night actually is about relevance, is about relevance and not mm-hmm. about ratings. It's just what is relevant. And I find ratings a sort of odd thing because you don't know and I don't know and Kevin Spacey doesn't know Mm -hmm. how many people watch House of Cards. Mm -hmm. Yet you, I and he would never ever disagree that it isn't a hit. Right, right. So it's a pure thing where you know if something's a hit, you know if something works Mm -hmm. and you know if it doesn't. And, you know, we, we look at, that's just the numbers that we look okay, at. Okay, so YouTube, what else do you look at? What other things do you think are important? Twitter or Snapchat or anything else? Well, they don't carry out... Or Facebook, they, for example. Well, they, well, yes, I know that our digital team look a lot at Facebook and fa- like how we're doing on Facebook and things like that. Um, 
Twitter and Snapchat don't right. Well, they're starting carry to. the content right. Of they're our, starting to. Do you yeah. know what I mean? But yeah. but not in its sort of purest sense right now. Right. So of course, once that becomes affordances, then yes, we would. Yeah. We would. Um, all right. When we get back, we're going to talk a little bit about carpool karaoke. I'm sure you talk about it more than you like to, but I'd love to. It's really quite a phenomenon, and it, and I want to understand what works from your perspective. Sure. We're here with James Corden, the host of the Late Late Show, and a tremendous entertainer overall. Oh, bless you. Plenty time. Today's show is brought to you by Audible, which has an unmatched selection of audiobooks, original audio shows, news, comedy, and more. And you can listen to all of that wherever you like, thanks to Audible's free apps for iOS, Android, and Amazon devices. It's not a streaming or rental service. With Audible, you own the books. James, what book should I listen to next? Oh, Any Human Heart. Why is that? Right, Tell me. Because it's just a beautiful Why? book. It's a be- I forget his name. That's okay. Why is that? I have read it for That's years. Any Human Heart. Best, uh, What's it about? It's a sequence of letters. Ah. And it's beautiful. Ah. You should, that, and then the most recent book I read was a book by a brilliant author called Danny Wallace mm-hmm. called Join Me, which uh, is really good. Why is that? Uh, it's about a guy who started a, well, some people called it a cult. He called it a collective. <laughs> and It's a fine line. He asked people to join him and they didn't know what they were joining and nor did he. Right. This is pre-internet. Uh-huh. Like, this is box ads in a newspaper, yeah. you know? All right. And uh, it's a jolly good read. All right. Okay, yeah. good. I'll read it. Uh, when you become an Audible member, you get a free book every month, plus a 30% discount on all regularly priced audiobooks. Audible is offering our listeners a free audiobook of your choice and a free 30-day trial membership. Just go to audible.com slash decode, download a title free, and start listening. It's that easy. Go to audible.com slash D-E-C-O-D-E. That's audible.com slash decode and get started today. We'd also like to thank everyone who submitted to our Qualcomm Why Wait contest. We received many interesting ideas over the past few weeks, and the one that really stood out to us was from Edie Jones at Edie underscore J. She suggested that street signs and traffic lights should be connected to the cloud, making traffic smart. As San Franciscans, we're interested in anything that reduces traffic, and now that I'm in L.A., I had an enjoyable two hours on the road this morning. And as residents of the planet, the environmental impact is compelling. Lauren Good and I will be scheduling our lunch with Edie soon, and we may share some highlights on a future episode of Too Embarrassed to Ask. I'd also like to tell you about Code Commerce, which is a live event series we started this year. And I'm here with a host of Code Commerce, Jason Del Rey. Hello, Kara. How you doing? I'm doing great today. Good. So the next event in the Code Commerce series is coming up. Tell us about it. So it's going to be October 25th in Las Vegas during the Money 2020 Payments Conference. So we're going to go skydiving first and maybe some gambling and then what? What do we do on the rest of the night? So we're going to be talking about the recent wave of giant acquisitions in e-commerce. We've had $2 billion plus ones just in the last few months. Yeah. So that's Jet.com and Dollar Shave Club. So they just started and then they sold for well over a billion dollars, each of these companies. One was a billion, one was three billion, but these were huge exits. And so we're going to talk about what this says about where e-commerce is headed and also talk about the fad of people maybe buying stuff on sites like Pinterest and Facebook mm-hmm. and whether that's actually a real thing. And how big regular commerce companies are terrified of Amazon and where this is headed. That's a big reason for the MA for sure. All right. Well, we're looking forward to it, and I hope to see some of our listeners there. Code Commerce is an invitation-only event October 25th in Las Vegas during the Money 2020 conference. For all the details and to apply for an invitation, visit recode.net slash events. We're here with James Corden, the host of The Late Late Show on CBS. He's also a theater and TV actor and has had hit shows. And he's also managed to create a lot of hits on the Internet, which he is maintaining. It doesn't matter where you create these hits. So let's talk about your biggest one, Carpool Karaoke. karaoke. I call it karaoke Mm -hmm. because my name is Kara. Um, Tell me about how it came together and how you thought it was going to end up and how it did end up. Well, we had done a, a sketch for a charity at home called Comic Relief mm-hmm. back in 2010 where part of the sketch was involved me and George Michael in a car singing Wham! songs. Mm-hmm. Which is so fantastic. And thank you. And people just really responded to it. People, mm-hmm. there was the whole sketch, but that moment, those moments in particular, people were like, oh, I love that. And right. the truth is when you come and uh, take on a show like this, you're just looking for, you're searching for what are the moments, what are the bits that will define our show? Right. Because if you don't have stuff that defines the show, mm-hmm. I, what are these shows? Mm-hmm. You know, they're just sort of... 
Ephemeral. Dust yeah. that is there and mm-hmm. then it's gone, you know? Right. And if you think about David Letterman's show, you hear a top 10 list, Stupid Petrix mm-hmm. or Jay Leno with Jaywalking or Jimmy Fallon with Thank You Notes and Lip Sync Battles or Seth's show with a closer look. And, mm-hmm. and, and we mean were like, tweets, we, mean tweets. Yeah, mean tweets with Jimmy Kimmel showing. Mm-hmm. Like you think, well, we need bits that define our show. And so myself and my and the exec producer, Ben, who's my best friend, who also directed that sketch that we were talking about just then, we were sat and we were thinking about the location of the show, me moving to L.A. Mm-hmm. L.A., people talk about traffic, carpool, carpool lanes. Mm-hmm. And it just sort of landed. It just arrived. Mm-hmm. And we just sort of went carpool. Had you looked at the Jerry Seinfeld talking, two comics talking in the car? Had no, you seen it? not really. Yeah. Um, and you just go, oh, carpool, karaoke, that <laughs> feels like a thing right sing their hits in the car and you're a musical theater person obviously and we were like oh this is yeah that's an idea mm-hmm. and it's an idea we were absolutely certain would work mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. if we could get someone to do it right. which we couldn't who did you try who did you who wouldn't who didn't we try we yeah. tried everyone if and you then w- think of an artist right they said no and why that's silly understandably right. i don't know this guy right this is not a show that, uh, mm-hmm. you know, we were going to like the biggest artists in the world mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and the Late Late Show on CBS was not normally a door that they would yeah. pass by, you know, right. and they didn't know me, they didn't know that and they were like, well, no, we'll, we'll wait and everybody would just say, well, we'll wait and see. See how it goes. And we were like, right, that's all well and good, but unless someone says yes, yeah, that day will never come and God bless Mariah Carey uh-huh. for... Having the vision and the gumption and, to be quite honest, the balls Uh to do it. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, we did it. We shot it. I think the first one's like five minutes long. Mm -hmm. And uh, What was the song with her? We did all her songs. All her songs, Loads of them. And and then, yeah, who would have thought that it would just grow? And then everybody wanted to do it. Well, slowly and surely, yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm incredibly proud that in you know in such a sort of short time here mm-hmm. that, that we've sort of created something which is sensation really sort of is. definable you know yeah and it's it's thoroughly and it's continually enjoyable it doesn't matter because some internet memes they sort of work themselves out and then they well, stop I mean, I mean who knows if that will happen yeah. with this but but what we try to do is, is ultimately not do it very often like right. we've done We've done two hundred and uh, we've done two hundred and thirty-five shows, and right. we've done carpool. I think nineteen times. Right, you right, know? right. So, but it is a defining element of your show. It really is interesting. So, how do you actually tape it? Because everyone sort of wonders. Like everyone, it's well, seven we, people from Silicon Valley. Is like, how does he technically do this? Well, we sit in a car mm-hmm. with I think about eleven fixed GoPro cameras, mm-hmm. and then. Just There's, off the shelf. You just bought them off. Just GoPros. Yeah. I mean, I didn't buy them. Right. Yeah. I, but they just like, got them. Yeah. yeah. We just, they're just all synced up. And mm-hmm. and then there's a car in front of me and a car behind and one car that just sort of floats. Mm-hmm. And so we're sort of driving in a kind of cushioned bubble, if you like. And we, uh, the, the rule is we try and drive in a straight line as mm-hmm. much as we can and away mm-hmm. from the sun. Right. Is, okay. Is the, that's the. In an area, in a certain area, not. On the highway, anywhere. We never go on the freeway, no. Yeah. We just drive down, we just try and drive on the quietest roads we can find, really. Right, right. And that's it. We yeah. shoot for like between an hour and two hours, and mm-hmm. then so they average GoPros. around 10, 11 minutes. And right. With just it. GoPros is your, only, is your only technology right there. Yeah. Wow, that's amazing. And then we use the stereo in the car. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And, and I think... The truth is there's an intimacy to it. Mm-hmm. That, like the songs are the thing which people would sure. often know and like and, and they are the very much the glue mm-hmm. that hold it together. But the thing I'm most proud of in them is the the interview element in it. Because mm-hmm. I do think you see people like I've known Adele for mm-hmm. eleven years. I've mm-hmm. I've seen her on any number of television shows. I don't know if I've ever seen her look quite so relaxed. Yep. And yep. she does when she's sat in that car, and mm-hmm. the same for like Chris Martin or mm-hmm. Stevie Wonder. And so there's a feeling of that people just you're hopefully, I think, showing very much a a real person because people a get real human in a car. Being. Yeah, yeah, in the car. Yeah, it does. In an environment it does. that we're in, 
in an environment that we sing our songs in, mm -hmm. an environment which is without cameras and audience and all of those things, right. and and that that's what I, I'm most. It, it also proud works of. on any screen. You're right in that way. It works on a TV screen, a phone screen, a, an iPad screen. Say for sure, yeah. Um, do you think about that at all? Of what screen it works on, or do you just not at all? Not really. I think because you know. I watch movie trailers on my phone mm -hmm. and feel as moved mm -hmm. as if, or as You're excited the as if I'm in a movie theater. Right. You know? So no, I, we, we really think about the screen and the format of the size or whatever, but mostly um, wherever people want, we just want to make a show that, right. that can travel wherever people are going. Do you think working in Hollywood that people do think like that here now more and more or is it is it because it's been a struggle for Hollywood to get you know into the idea that people are watching anywhere I watch almost all my TV shows on this broken iPhone here which well, is interesting well, my question would be why why do you watch do you mean you watch them even if you're at home yeah well why I don't know why I just like it I don't know I can't explain it's a, it's a shift in you. behavior I would urge you yeah to get it I have a big to, screen too yeah to, I do if you're do. gonna watch like yeah, House of Cards or right. Bloodline or yeah. Transparent, or, mm -hmm. you know, if you've got the choice mm -hmm. between television screen I... and phone, always go television. It's screen. fascinating because if you travel anywhere else, no, everyone's doing what I'm doing, which is really like if you go to Japan, China, everybody is glued to. They are not glued to the bigger screens. They are glued to the, these smaller screens in a way that it's a real shift in. No, I get it. Yeah, I get it. If yeah. you're on the subway, I right. get it. If you're in a park, I get it. If you're at your desk at work, mm -hmm. but my worry mm -hmm. in the world uh, right now of of uh, Netflix and Amazon and Hulu and and, right. and the only thing I really worry about is I think sometimes when you look at Netflix, Amazon, Hulu, YouTube, all that whole world is that it it gives the illusion and it gives a feeling of ultimate choice. Mm -hmm of absolute freedom of choice. But my worry is that, is it actually making the world a, a narrower place? Mm -hmm. Is it actually blinkering you to just staying in your lane? So you if watch you Transparent. If you like that, you should watch this. You the enjoy that, you should watch this. And at no point is it open to other things, which is ultimately, and oddly, it's odd that you should mention the, the, the political mm -hmm. circumstance that mm -hmm. we're in right now, but I think... Lots of people, and you will meet them as much as I will meet them, talk about and go, I don't even understand how Donald Trump has even mm -hmm. got to this position. And I do believe that that is due to social media, mm -hmm. because ultimately all of us will follow like-minded people. Right. So your feed, my feed right. will be full of liberal people who feel the same as we do. Mm -hmm. And that's the same the other side of the line. Right. So if you are reading... Hillary Clinton's this, he did that. The, the, it used to be that a politician would go on the television and if right. they lied, Walter Cronkite or whoever was interviewing would go, oh, you lied. Mm -hmm. And we, the people, would go, oh, they <laughs> lied. That is, and you're gone. Okay. That's it. You right. lied. You right. didn't pay taxes, you're gone. But what happens is now, in a world of following only like-minded people, mm -hmm. That someone could lie and your feed will be full of 10 other people that you follow going, no, he didn't. Right. That's not a lie. Right. She did this. Ignore that. And it reaffirms, it reaffirms yeah. your point don't, of view and you're reaffirming theirs. And that, I think, is ultimately quite a worrying scenario. Sure. But don't you think that ship has <clears throat> sailed a long time ago? I mean, the disaggregation of everything and the, 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 the Walter Cronkite's been dead forever. And, and, and the, the idea that there were three networks, DBS, ABC and NBC is... is no, no, no. But I'm not talking about yeah, networks. I mean, right. It's a different thing. It's a personal thing. This following when idea. When you're making a choice right. to follow that radio right. DJ, that television, that podcast, right. those friends of yours... Right. Not those people who live down the street. Right. That ultimately, it, the, it closes in and it closes in and you never ever... When are you ever just going to happen upon something? So what you used to do was you'd sit down on a train or on a park and someone would have left a newspaper. And you grab and it. And you go, oh, right. I'll pick this up. Right. And whether it's the New York Times, the Washington Post, the Daily News, the Guardian... You're picking it up and you go, oh, this is a different point of view to mine. Mm -hmm. And you're oh, immediately, you're, you're open 
see to something else. Yeah, see, I would argue because I hear from more people than ever before. Now, I say I'll tweet something, an anti-Trump thing or something like that. Obviously, I, you have to be living in San Francisco. It's part of your duty sure. as a San Francisco citizen. And I will hear from thousands. Now, I have a large following. You have a very large following. But you following. have a podcast. So you're not real people. No, no I get that. But I feel like I'm will... hearing. I feel like I'm hearing from more points of view than ever before on everything. Like that you have access to, say, a Breitbart and a Washington Post and a New York Times. And an, you have access to everything. But you yeah. are choosing mm-hmm. to have access to right. everything right. and you actively want to. Mm-hmm. And that's You think the people point. just stay in their lanes. I think stay in their lanes. that what happens is when are you just going to happen upon a different right. point of view? Right. And coming back to television, my worry is what is it meant for? And ultimately, does it at its very best... Is it not a time where where me, my dad, my sister, my son will gather together and happen upon right. something? Right. Well, that only happens now in sports and news. Like, think of the debate, which was 100 million people or something like that. There you go. Yeah. The sports, people yeah. do. Olympics, say, or yeah. something like that. And major news events. That's pretty much all yeah. that's left. And, and award shows. Mm-hmm. but. I don't know if that's a great thing. Mm-hmm. I don't know if we should be very proud of ourselves. What do we do? There's nothing. It's the way it is in I, a lot I'm, of ways. I get it. Uh, but I'm saying I think so, we should have a slight feeling of, oh. Yeah. Of not commonality. Oh, commonality. Have we taken those moments? Right. Have we taken the season finale of Friends? Mm-hmm. So ultimately what happens, or the season finale of Seinfeld, or the West Wing, mm-hmm. and what happens is I go... Oh my God, did you see it? And you go, no, I'm on episode 11. Don't tell me what happened. Right. Okay, yeah. let's not talk anymore. Right, right, right. And Orbit. my hunch is, mm-hmm. outside of Netflix, mm-hmm. what will happen is people will ultimately just start scheduling things the same way as television. Now mm-hmm. they will live all week, mm-hmm. but it will be this episode airs now. Mm-hmm. Because what you realise is, you need that sort of social media buzz. You need that thing. If you're, oh, I don't know. I think people like binging. I think they like it. I well, think... then why? My mother's okay. in her eighties. She loves binging. Sure, like... but then so then why then to so take Amazon for example right. with mm-hmm. a show like The Grand Tour, mm-hmm. which they have paid a huge amount of money for? Mm-hmm. Are they going to put up every Friday night at nine o'clock? Mm-hmm. Because is... they're trying but... that. They're trying to see if that's what people will do. But then they, with Transparent, they just release the whole season. Yeah, but you need mm-hmm. if you run those if you run a service mm-hmm. like that, you need to keep people to coming keep back. generating buzz. Right. So what happens is if it's gone in a weekend, mm-hmm. it's poof, it's gone. Mm-hmm. You're trending for yeah, six which hours is a Netflix and poof, thing gone. And then how do you just keep? So because that might not be their goal. What do you mean? It might not be Amazon's goal at all. They could be selling Echoes. They could be selling devices. No, but surely the goal is to just ring, to keep you in so that you everything you get is from here. Yes, it is. But I don't know if they so, but, necessarily, they have you coming back for everything. Like right now with Amazon, they're delivering everything to you. Sure, and but, then they have the Echo. New subscriptions is the key. Yes, but keeping and how you many com- countries is Amazon in right now? Uh, I don't know. Lots. A lot. Not as many as you think, but a lot. A lot of countries. But I don't I think that it's they- less than 20. I think they're not trying to. I don't think. I don't know. I don't know. Well, I I don't actually know there. I I bet it's more than 20. Um, Do you reckon? I don't know. How much do you want to bet on (laughs) that? I don't want to bet anything. I should know this since I. No, you don't have to. (laughs) I should know this. Yeah, no, No, I've been covering them since they started. Hang on. Yeah, I can't find it. Ah, did Google not help you? No. (laughs) I like how you look up everything. Oh, it's the the best. I know it is. There's never an answer that can't be unanswered. Yeah. That's how dinner parties yeah. go now. No one can possibly just have something just hanging in the air. Someone has to look it up. Well, either, yeah, because otherwise it's just a mass of you're right and you're, yeah, you're I'm right. right and you're wrong. So when we get back, we're going to talk about your own tech habits and, and how right. you look at, at tech in general. Because you're obviously kind of a techie, I think, secretly. I'm not at all. I'm, I'm, you know I'm, I wish I was, lot. but I'm, I'm, I'm not as much as I should be. All right. We'll talk about that next. Support for this podcast comes from MailChimp. More than 12 million people use MailChimp to communicate with their customers and promote their businesses. When you connect your e-commerce store with a MailChimp account, you can create targeted campaigns, send abandoned cart messaging, and recommend products that your customers will love. And when your customers are happy, they spend more money. And when they spend more money, you make more money. And when you make more money, well, you get the picture. MailChimp. 
send better email, sell more stuff. FreshBooks is a super simple cloud accounting software that's helping over 5 million small businesses conquer their administrative and paperwork in less time with way less stress. It only takes 30 seconds to create and send a polished, professional-looking invoice. And customers who accept online payments with FreshBooks get paid three days faster on average. FreshBooks can even show you whether or not a client has looked at an invoice you've emailed. They also track your expenses, cash flow, and the time you're spending on each project. See how FreshBooks' thoughtful, intuitive design can make a huge difference in how you deal with your day-to-day paperwork. To get a free 30-day trial, go to freshbooks.com recode and enter recode decode in the how you heard about us section. That's freshbooks.com recode to start your 30-day free trial. I'd also like to tell you about Recode Media with Peter Kafka. And this week, we have a special bonus episode of Recode Media that will air on Tuesday. That is tomorrow. Peter, who did you talk to this week? Kara, how are you? I'm talking to Josh Tiringell. He's the super smart guy. He used to work at Time Magazine, and then he turned Bloomberg Business Week into a thing people wanted to read. Now he's creating a daily Vice TV show. It's going to run on HBO. What's confusing here is that Vice, which is supposedly targeted millennials, is putting on a nightly news show, which millennials supposedly don't watch. It's on pay TV, which millennials also are not supposed to have. So hopefully he can explain how all that's going to work to us. Sounds good, right? You can find Recode Media on iTunes, Google Play Music, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Peter's interview with Josh comes out tomorrow, and then he'll have another interview at his normal time this Thursday. We're here with James Corden, the host of The Late Late Show on CBS. He's a theater and TV actor also, and he's created videos such as Carpool Karaoke, which have become internet sensations. He also has some thoughts about where entertainment and commonality of watching is going, which I think have been riveting talking about it. Do you consider yourself a techie? You don't. Not really. You seem rather adept at it. I haven't... um... I haven't updated my iPhone. iPhone. Yeah. Would you have the six? Um, don't get the six. No, no. Idiot. I've got the yes. The I don't know which one it is. Six. That's a six. Yeah. 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 But uh, I, I've yes, I haven't uh, updated. So you're not. You, you. What do you use on the internet? What do you? How do you? What do you use regularly? For example, do you use Snapchat? Uh, not very much. Not no, very much. Actually. So you're not getting the glasses. I've seen them. I've tried yeah. them on. Yeah. Have you seen them? Yes, I have. Yeah. yeah. They're good. Yeah, they're interesting. interesting. It's interesting yeah. that Google Glass didn't work, and these might actually. Yeah, well, we'll see. They they're came appropriately by our silly. They yeah, came by our office I'm sure and, they want you to put them yeah. on and take It'll some videos. Be fun. Yeah, yeah. So we might do something with that. Yeah. Uh, Snapchat, I, I, I get it. Yeah. I dig it. I yeah. think it's fun. Yeah. You're probably too old for it. Sorry. Well, to say. probably yeah. Fourteen is about the age of usage. Yeah. I I think it. Can I can I sure. float something your way? Sure, please. What do you think of this? All right. I think it should be the law <laughs> that no child yeah. can have a social media account under the age of 12. Oh, well, it kind of is, actually. You're not supposed to use Facebook or Snapchat till you're 13. Yeah, so why are we not throwing, locking up parents and throwing away the kids yeah, for, like, we're not. bullying children? Now, why so do you it's think not that, a real law. Why do you, no, it's not, but that is actually the rules at, those, at both yeah, those no, services. Yeah, no, I know that they're the rules. So why do you think that? Explain why you think that. Because I feel like before anything else, we should learn mm-hmm. human interaction. Right. Instead of staring at screens. We should and... learn that interaction first mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. in a way of, you know, you have to walk before you can run. Right. So how old are your children? You have my two... son is five and my daughter's two. How adept are they? Interested? Yeah, my son is very adept on an iPad. Can... Mm-hmm you know see his way around so you don't want him to have those social media why but why don't you want them to be i don't mind him having him when he's older right i just think up until the age of 12 you should basically it should be something that that happens when you're a teenager Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, you know mm -hmm. and i don't think it's something that should happen when you haven't fully formed Mm -hmm. what who you are Mm -hmm. or what you are or what you stand for because because bullying obviously well yeah because bullying is an interesting thing so we have all everybody at some point on whatever level however big or small the gradient have been bullied or been the victim of bullying Mm -hmm. and what happens is when i was at school i remember saying something very very awful Mm -hmm. to someone at school and then i remember the feeling to this day of going oh that didn't feel nice mm-hmm, mm-hmm. seeing the impact of that. Mm-hmm. I should probably not do that again. Mm-hmm. And I, that doesn't happen right. on your screen. You right. just go, well, I've written that out and I feel fantastic. <laughs> I feel great. 
This is wonderful. Look how and smart I am. And there are no consequences. And you never, ever will see the consequence of mm-hmm, that. Mm-hmm. And you might start to form habits in yourself mm-hmm. that you don't want as an adult because mm-hmm. you haven't found who you are. Mm-hmm. All right. I I don't know if I fully agree with you because I think it's just, again, it's water under the bridge in a lot of these things. And we have to figure out how how depressing is that? I agree with you. You can't just keep saying, well, the ship's already sailed. No, no, no. I can say. Here's what I can say. No, no. Because you're looking at it as if they're necessarily all negative elements of that everything about these technologies are negative. And I don't think that's the case. I think it's I'm not saying that. I'm saying that I think they are hugely positive. Right. I think they're incredible Mm -hmm. in the same way that I think having a beer is Mm -hmm. fantastic. Mm -hmm. I think it's wonderful. (laughs) I've had some of the best nights of my life drinking vodka, Uh but you're not going to give it to your nine-year-old daughter. And there's a reason for that because you go, this is a substance you can only enjoy when you're mentally prepared to take this on board right. and I believe social media is that powerful mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That, and I'm not saying it should be 16, 17, no, 18 no, I get that I get your point but what I wonder about is how we teach people to use these things I think that's really where it, it comes down to is that we yeah. we just abrogate the fact and they're actually addictive I have teenagers I understand mm. they're hugely addictive is is the problem Yeah. Um, and so and, it, and it's very pleasing because you're always I was with my son the other day and he was using the phone I said put it down put it down I'm, mm. I'm very much a put it down person yeah. and he said I just I'm just looking at one thing I said there's always something on there of course. like there's it never ends there's always yeah. an answer an entertainment a game but then that argument I think people right. used to make about television right exactly that thing of like if you watch it long enough your eyes are going right square, exactly you know? right right so but that uh, yeah I just think it's an I interesting think, idea I, I just I, think children are incredible I think an innocence in children is really important right and there's a long way to there's go in your so life. So what would you do to parents? What could you... I mean, Silicon Valley, in a way, or, you know, you could compare them to manufacturers of any other addictive substance, essentially. Well, they would not want that to happen. But how do you... How would you enforce that? Well, I, I would... You would just... If you were to find a social media... Fa- let's, say, let's say Facebook found an account mm-hmm. in a child's name, which is under the age of 12, mm-hmm. then you just shut it down. Right. And then if it starts up again, you like, and if you are under that age, you can't even register to get one. Mm-hmm. So then let's say you've made you, then you make up your own age. Mm-hmm. And I just think, look, you're never ever going to be able to police it in the same way that mm-hmm. I had my first cigarette when I was 14. You're mm-hmm. never going to be able to police it. Right. But if people knew, if parents knew, oh, that's the law. Right. You're not allowed to do it. If they even knew that. Right. And if schools... Schools enforced. Uh, they do when you, yeah, they do. as my son's school does. Yes. So yeah, any child yeah. found with a social media account, yeah, they are so that you get it's like a one strike right. and then it's serious. Yeah, yeah or a phone in school yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. Ours, ours and, bar and, too. But that's not all schools. Right. Right. No, absolutely, because kids have become facile at these yeah. things and stuff. So what what, what other media do you, to social uh, digital media do you use? What do you mean? Well, what do you do? You use an iWatch? Do you use all those? The, the my iWatch was handed down to me from my grandfather and my great grandfather <laughs> and my grandfather before that, and so I just like to keep it very safe in a drawer because uh-huh. that it means a lot. No, I've tried the iWatch. Mm-hmm. Uh, my wife's into it. Mm-hmm. Um, I uh, yeah, I don't know if I want to know that I've got a text oh, from my I mate Andy. Watch. Yeah. Yeah. Whilst I'm having this conversation, right, exactly. and this I can just turn it over right. and put it there, and right. it's and it's gone a bit. But I, I I do get it as a piece of kit. I think it's. Do you use VR at all or drones? I've, well, or? I've, <clears throat> drones. Do you know what a drone flew over my house the other day? Oh, they're probably taking a picture of you. and just hovered over our garden. Mm-hmm. And I was in the garden with my wife, my children, my mum, mm-hmm. and we were like, it flew over. And then came back. Yeah, they're taking pictures. Of and then, flew, but then we were like, "Is that? It's really just waiting there." And I went out in my car to try mm-hmm. and find right the drone person. Yeah, you can't. Yeah, I mean, yeah, shocking. No, I agree. So I, why are we all right with this? Uh, some people are. Some people. There's like laws being. You know, Britain actually is moving very <clears> fast <throat> forward with these as delivery drones, especially. The delivery drones know. worry me a little bit. Right. Well, Britain is way fast forward on this compared to the U.S. in approving them because they want the startups to move there to be doing this. I see. Yeah. Yeah, it worries me a little. Why are you worried about delivery drones? I just worry <laughs> that 
that my daughter's playing in the garden one day. And the day. drum falls on her head. Yeah. Yeah. yeah oops. Like, oops. There's no way that's not going to happen at yeah. some point. Yeah. Yeah. So I you sort don't, of. You don't want to hear about Uber's <clears throat> new vertical planes taking off then, I guess. Oh, I'm interested. Yeah. Go yeah, on. What is it? They're, they're working on a project where there's these called. They're called. A velo or something like that, vertical lift and takeoff or right. landing and takeoff, vertical landing and takeoff. And so there are vehicles that you can use in cities where you just take off. It's not a helicopter. It has multi-blades yeah. It has multi blades uh-huh. and it just will go, say, if you're in Oakland, yeah. you go right to San Francisco, you land on the top of a building. Great. I love that. And then you, you can it's have about multiple time. passengers. It's about time. They're like oddly, a helicopter. Air travel mm-hmm. is, air travel's gone back while the <laughs> whole world's gone forward. Mm-hmm. Air travel took their like their fastest plane, which is the Concorde, and went, yeah, yeah we're going to retire that now. There's been sort of no movement yeah. in air travel. Well, I'm all for space. that. There's been Elon Musk going to space. Jeff Bezos wants to go to yeah, space. Yeah, no, I mean, I mean, I mean like yes. airplanes. Yes, that's what um, they're going to do that. So drones you don't like. Do you like robot concierges? Not so much. Yeah. No. Your hotel will walk up to you and say hi. Would, would you like for lunch? No, I'd much rather a person. All right, a person. All right. I would much That's a big rather deal. a person. They're, you're going to have robot concierges at all hotels very soon. Uh, yeah, I doubt I'll be interacting with them very much. <laughs> like, I would I would definitely rather a person. And, I'd always rather a person. Yeah, yeah. I don't even like internet banking. Right. Because right. I'd much rather just talk to someone. Right. That's that's done too. I'm sorry to tell you. I don't, I well, like it's not. It's actually time. not. It's actually right. not. Okay. So my the bank I'm a I'm a member in London, mm-hmm. Metro Bank. Yeah. Pride themselves on the fact that you can call them at any time. Right. And they are People. growing so much faster yeah. than any other bank yeah. in the United Kingdom. Yeah. yeah. Because I don't really want to be online. Yeah. And I also don't necessarily want to know that that information is just out there that I can right. just have a password. Right. Tell no. me this about passwords. All right. Okay. All right. <clears throat> passwords annoy yes. me. Yes, they are annoying. When they say, when I'll put in a password mm-hmm. and, the, and my phone will say, yeah, the password's too weak. You can't mm-hmm. have that. Mm-hmm. I'm like, how can you possibly know? Because they know. How? Algorithms. They know. They can tell with people that people have like 20 passwords. That but I don't want calm. 20 passwords. I just want one. Right, but but they but it's but they can guess them very easily. Who they is can, they? The computers. Right, but what? But I'm what not is, even going to get into artificial intelligence with you because it's going to no. Freak but you what out. is the problem? Why? Like, so now I've got passwords <laughs> that I can't remember. <laughs> so let so the I've password got, maker make it for you. I'll talk to you about. But this then, later. but then, what happens is, so then people are like, "Well, it's not secure." And right. I wish I tell you what's not secure: right. me writing down my <laughs> password for Uber yeah. on a piece of paper and like, keeping it in my jeans. Then get one password, and it'll generate passwords that are already in the cloud for you, and then it'll, it'll just come down. Don't talk to me about this cloud. All right, okay, either. I'm not going to do The this. way people talk about this cloud, <laughs> like it's a cloud. It's a cloud. It isn't a cloud. It's a cloud. It's a. It's a cloud. I'm sorry to say. Do you know, do you know what, what a cloud is? You know, you've been in the cloud for a decade. How long have you had email? But it's not Email a cloud. Is the cloud. But it's not a physical cloud. <laughs> no, it's not a physical it's cloud. A it's group a group of. Cl- it's a load of <laughs> hardware on an cl- island somewhere. No, no, so no. when people go, what do you mean? It's so what's like it stored that. on? On on lots of servers everywhere. They're they're replicated everywhere. But not everywhere. a cloud. Well, Let's yes. be clear. No, <laughs> okay. it isn't. All right, okay. All right, because not you know a cloud. what a cloud is. <laughs> yes, okay. So not an actual of cloud. It's, a, it's right. a metaphoric word exactly. for what it is. And what is it's that given it's down, what it up makes there. people feel well, is... It's not in here. It's not no, in a physical it's device. It's on an island somewhere <laughs> no, yes. where anyone can access it, <laughs> no, not which yet. is clear from like <laughs> the Yahoo hack. I know. Like I know. Hacks yes, that I know. Happen. Yes, that's true. The Russians are always people are putting in their Ashley Madison password. Right. Feeling like I'm so sorry you got caught up in that. I'm so sorry. Yeah. <laughs> but it's in the cloud. Yeah, but it do, but people could steal things from your house or a bank too. It doesn't if it's physically. If they, things could gold, if you had a backpack full of gold you brought in today, for example, yes. anyone could steal it at any time. Sure, but it's with me. Right. So right. I'm not keeping it on a cloud. Yes. And also, but- <laughs> let's not call it a cloud. Let's call it the hard drive island, island. because immediately <laughs> then it tells people run oh, by Richard Branson it's or something. Not- it's not in the sky. Right. It's not untouchable no, by people. It I'm absolutely gonna... is. Someone is monitoring it every day. The whole point of the cloud day. metaphor is that you can get it from anywhere to any device. You have to store it on your device. I think it's not I that. Think, I, I think, think you call it a cloud not, to give people you know, a feeling of, well, we're, we're no one finish can up, get into a cloud. But we're not going to talk about artificial <laughs> intelligence. And I'm not going to tell you about the interview we had with Elon Musk where he talked about the fact that 
artificial intelligence is getting so smart that it's going to eliminate all jobs and that computers, in the best case scenario, are going to treat us like house cats someday. That the computers are going to be so smart, super intelligence is going to happen so quickly on these computers that they'll have a talk show host. The computer will be able to make a talk show host. Oh, I'm sure they can yeah. make a far better one than I. <laughs> my worry know. then is All right. that then ultimately, but my only worry with this is people talk about it like mm-hmm. it's great. Mm-hmm. And, yes, I agree. And, Elon does not. Elon no, is worried. And my, the point is, so then, right, okay, let's just take the very thing we're here for, mm-hmm. which is to just ultimately, at some point, have sex mm-hmm. and recreate and and the die. human race. Right, right. What people are talking about when they do that, take away jobs, mm-hmm. then you take away self-esteem mm-hmm. and purpose. And why do you then... Unless we wander around and make poetry and art all the time and have sex and eat. And then the computers no, do everything for us. Someone's going to find a way where you're going to owe them money. Uh-huh. Because in the history of the world, that's always happened. Or everybody has universal basic income. We could go. That's a big deal in Silicon Valley now, right now. Yeah, but universal basic income... If Silicon Valley is talking that, which yeah. is, from what I can work out, mm-hmm. a lot of companies who try to avoid paying tax as much as they can, <laughs> like, let's owl. not, it's not just that, is it? No, like, I know. So, no, it's all. So, you know, that is, unfortunately, sounds like spin to me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm just, oh, I'm just, it's just going to be universal social. No, that's what they're saying. No one's even, so, what are you starting this for? We're talking about a group of people who, <laughs> right. it, it, within 12 months, will value their companies at billions of dollars, and mm-hmm. rightly so. Right. Mm-hmm. Rightly so, some of them. Yeah. Because I believe that they're changing the world. Mm-hmm. It's brilliant. And I think change and evolution is wonderful. Mm-hmm. It's fantastic. But you don't know if it's always. But, like, let's all. Just take half a step. Just mm-hmm. wait. Just, just take a breath. Yeah. Hang on. Do I... we really want to do it? Let's just play it out. Right. Because it feels sometimes like it's a build now, decide later. I would agree with that. I think we are all engaged in a in a version of Wally eventually. Yeah. You know what and I mean? Like a version of, well, they did that, so we should do this. Right. Right. Well, they're doing that. Well, we should do this if they do that. Mm-hmm. And we, do, mm-hmm. we don't want to be left behind. We don't want to be guys that are left behind. It's mm-hmm. like, don't worry about it. Mm-hmm. Like, why don't, why don't everyone just take what do we really want to do? Mm-hmm. Because let's not forget, a third of the world don't have water. Right. Nope. Exactly. So let's figure that out. Mm-hmm. Let's take a second and go, rather than thinking about your vertical spaceship, Right. let's give everybody clean water. Right. Once everyone's are, got- Let me just be fair. There are startups doing that in Silicon Valley. It's a big new focus. 100%. So are self-driving cars, which will save gas. Self-driving cars, else. I think, are going Eliminating to be a car ownership. Thing. I really do. Uh, refiguring out how to do food distribution and everything is yeah. another big thing. It's starting with stupid stuff, but eventually. Yeah. There are, they aren't doing oh, totally stupid stuff. In all stuff. of this, there right. is going to be people doing great, great things. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like, but water, I think, is a real big no, one. No, I, I always say Silicon Valley is a lot of really smart people thinking up trivial things. At this point, and they it's should like, move to great minds should be thinking of great. Things. Jerry Seinfeld did a great bit about the people who got rid of seedless watermelons, <laughs> and he did a bit where he's like, "Which scientist is going? People are dying, cancer, AIDS, leukemia. Yeah, but this, that's got to stop. You know, like it's and you know, yet, and so how enjoyable is a seedless watermelon? Oh, not for me." <laughs> Not for me, because I don't want. I want my like, watermelon. To I'm not be even. Pure. We've got to end. But I'm not even going to ask you about Twitter. By the way, I really like you. Uh, do you like Twitter? Yeah. I liked your Kim tweet the other day. I like Kim quite a bit. She's been on our stages and our show quite a bit. Because well, irrespective of that. No, I'm saying ir- no, but I really was glad of you whether said it. someone because people likes were going you. nuts. Yeah, is that? Um, so I just looked on Twitter and saw that Kim Kardashian was mm-hmm. trending. I was mm-hmm. like, oh, I wonder what's happened. You know, ever. Mm-hmm. Talk show that mm-hmm. I have an hour of stuff to do every day, right. and you see that someone's been held at gunpoint mm-hmm. and tied up and thrown in a bath. Mm-hmm. And all I can think is that just must be utterly terrifying. Mm-hmm. I cannot, for the life of me, imagine what that would feel like. I don't know anyone that that's ever happened to. Mm-hmm. I don't even know Kim Kardashian. I met mm-hmm. her. I don't mm-hmm. know her. And then I just, as I scrolled through the thing on Twitter, I just saw. Yeah, I know. It was vomit. Horrific. Stuff mm-hmm. where I'm like, this is a mother and a human being and mm-hmm. a wife and a friend. Mm-hmm. And if you've got nothing nice to say, mm-hmm. don't say it. 
you can keep your opinion. Right. But at this moment, five hours after the story's been released, right. no, just they can't. take a breath and go, People can. well, I don't need to write that. Right. right. What good can come of that? See, well, welcome to Donald Trump. He's the first Twitter candidate, presidential candidate, which is hair trigger whatever's on your mind at three in the morning. Yeah. And so uh, my point, and even then, I, like, I was getting people going... Oh, you're supposed to be a comedian, which I'm not and never never said I am. Right. Yeah, how can you say that about people making jokes? And I'm like, look, I get it. The, uh, being offended, mm-hmm. I think, is one of the worst things that mm-hmm. we as humans regard out with no <laughs> interest in Silicon Valley. <laughs> yeah. Being offended is one of yeah. the worst things we've created mm-hmm. as a human race. Like, mm-hmm. I wholeheartedly withhold the right to offend mm-hmm. and be offended. Mm-hmm. And that's fine and both are fine you're offended in the way that you're hungry Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but there's a different thing then than just enjoying the enjoyment in the fact that someone's had a gun held to their head on their own in an apartment in paris and tied up and thrown in a bath Uh, and i would agree but i think twitter is the id of the human race you know what I mean? It's just the it. It's just whatever occurs to people. They and to me, Trump is actually the personification of that. The actual, if you think about it, like it's just it's id, not super ego. It's not ego. It's id. It's pure. And then people just type it, and there are no like you were saying, there are no consequences. Yeah, and that's the point. Yeah. The no, like there's no sense of mm-hmm. just Decency. right or wrong, mm-hmm. and and so yeah, I just felt like. But you use Twitter, right? You, yeah, yeah, I'm a big fan of it. Yeah. Look, I think it's a brilliant. I love, like, I find 140 characters genius because mm-hmm. it, it. It's all you need. Well, yeah, mm-hmm. and like, shut up, mm-hmm. just make your point and shut it. And that's mm-hmm. fine. I, and I think it's great. I think it's a brilliant medium. I think it's a wonderful thing, and I don't even mind sort of that that thing because I just think it's any yeah. Well, you could go with that. It's not. You know, it's well, I don't agree with this. You know, guns don't people kill people guns. That that's what sometimes Twitter says. It's not us. It's it's not the platform. But to me, the platform is made to create anger and hate very easily to manufacture it. Yeah, but that's up to us. That's right. But how do you but once you get the tool, how do you stop people from doing it? That's the difficulty. Yeah, But then you're going back to education. Right. Then you're going back to something far deeper than that, which is ultimately then you're going back into the minds and hearts of children right. when they're four, but, five, six, right. but seven, But when you watch a eight. presidential candidate doing it daily, on a daily basis and winning, it's yeah. disturbing. But this is my point. But, yeah. th- but then you've got to go back to that. And you've got th- to go back to, like, you cannot. It is impossible. It's impossible for you to love someone too much. Mm-hmm. You can't do it. And I fully have the feeling... That if you kill people with kindness, mm-hmm. there was a woman the other day on Twitter. I had mm-hmm. like an hour to spare. I was mm-hmm. waiting between a thing, and a woman tweeted, "I hate, I hate." Use the word "hate." Mm-hmm. I hate that fat, talentless, egotistical, <laughs> unfunny idiot James Corden, and, and added me on it. And I added, was like, "She added you." She so added me. You know, and I was like, like, "I was like, wow, that's tough. That's, that's intense." Yeah. So I looked at her profile and uh she's had a thing called i forget what it's called like a, a vegan website oh, wow. with ve- with recipes right and i was like there's two things i can do here mm-hmm. i can either well three things i can e- ignore it, ignore it which is what you'd normally do i can engage in it which is stupid mm-hmm. or i can just absolutely put my arms around her yeah yeah and so i just put out some tweets with a link to her website mm-hmm. going if anyone's interested in mm-hmm. some amazing vegan recipes this is incredible. And what did she do? Really great recipes. And then someone put, how much do you get paid for that? I haven't paid a penny. Okay. I'm just saying, really, really great recipes. Uh-huh. Fantastic. And then I've just, every few hours, I would just look at her too, and she just <laughs> uploaded, point taken. I shouldn't, uh, I shouldn't say bad things about people I haven't met. I like and that's her. it. Yeah. You will only educate people yeah. by loving them and showing them another way. Yeah, that's true. That's I all like, there is I like to your it. You're just going to say there's another way. Yeah, it doesn't have to be like this. Yeah, I call people when they when they say when they start 
because I can find them because I'm good at finding them. And then they're shocked. Or you respond to them. They, yeah. But yeah. I would just go straight up, kill them with kindness. Right. Well, I like that, James. I just, like that. Just I like that. because... Then we're not even going to get into VR now. We don't have time to all talk I keep about thinking about that, that girl, all I keep right. thinking about that girl, right. the only thing that makes me smile right. is friends of hers go, oh my God, God James Corden. did you see James <laughs> tweeted the link to your website? That's amazing. Isn't that incredible? Why did he do that? And then at some point she has to go, oh, maybe he's not. Well, <laughs> well I am. Um, oh, I, I, I am firm uh, in my belief of you his know, talent fatness. Yeah. You know so, <laughs> you know, it's fun. I like it. <laughs> All right, you keep killing him with kindness, and next time we'll talk about VR and carpool karaoke in VR, which could be disturbing and fantastic at the same time. It sounds a little dangerous. It but does. I'm not it does. But you know, you're going to have to do it next year. Well, Reggie, who's on my show, that runs mm-hmm. our band, he's yeah. just the, the coolest person yeah. you could ever meet. You should get him on this show, okay? Because he is Mr. straight VR. up front and center. Anything new, right. anything hot, yeah. anything great. And he's well into VR. Yeah, and haptic. I'm not even going to go into haptic with you. I've never even heard that word before. It touches you back. Oh, now, VR now, with touching. Now, now it sounds <laughs> now, now it sounds like a party. <laughs> we'll end on that note. Thank you, James. This has been great. Thank it's you. great talking to you. It's really fun, and you have uh, lots to say about a lot of things. I'm still laughing. Um, if you enjoyed the interview as much as I did, be sure to subscribe to the show. Be the first to listen to future episodes or catch up on previous episodes, including some really fantastic interviews I've done with TV star Kim Kardashian, Chaos Monkey author Antonio Garcia Martinez, and Hamilton producer Jeffrey Seller, just to name a few. And we have some great news for our podcast fans. This week, we have two bonus podcasts for you. Tomorrow, we'll have an extra episode of Recode Media with Peter Kafka, in which Peter talks to Vice News boss Josh Tiringal. And on Wednesday, you'll get an extra episode of Recode Decode, in which we look back on our most interesting things our guests have had to say about diversity in tech, a really important topic to me. To make sure you don't miss an episode, subscribe to our shows on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. In addition to Recode Decode and Recode Media, there's also Too Embarrassed to Ask, which I host with Lauren Good of The Verge, and Recode Replay, where you can hear audio from all our live events. Thanks for listening. Also, thanks to Digital Media, which distributes this show. This has been another episode of Recode Decode. I'll be back here on Wednesday with a bonus episode. Tune in then.